0: I think you'll probably be relieved and I'm not going to preach a sermon this morning. I'm rather going to share some reflections or maybe what you'd call a devotional and I'll be reading some well-known scriptures and just want to leave you with a few thoughts and challenges as we go on from them. So I'm going to start reading if I can uh, from the second book, the second chapter of the book of Luke, the very familiar story in verse four, it says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, as son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for him. This first incident is the one that we have so often depicted in nativity scenes And we know the story of this young couple searching for a place to sleep and eventually being shown to a stable to have their first child. I'm just thinking about the people who were involved in each of these scenes because we have Mary and Joseph, but we also must have had an innkeeper or somebody who offered the hospitality and people who were present at the birth of Jesus. So the first people to experience Jesus were his parents, but also in those days, the men weren't much use and probably we wouldn't be nowadays either with birth. We stand around. I know when when Sandra was giving birth, I was standing around, trying to be brave and actually being terrified, and offering words of comfort, but not much that was sensible. Fortunately, there were midwives then, people who knew what they were doing. So, it's very likely that people would have been sent for to come and help with the birth, and they would have experienced Jesus as he was born. And with the things that happened later in the evening, which we'll talk about in a minute or two, they might have re- sensed that there was something special about this birth. But we don't know who they were, and we don't know what happened to them after this, but we know that they were there, and they experienced Jesus, and that they saw Him, and that they might have had something of an inkling that this was a special birth. But we move on to the next group of people who were introduced to this young baby, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, as most people are when they see angels. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord, and there will be a sign to you, you will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I love this next passage, it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to all, to those on whom his favor rests. I just want to stop there for a moment. A very profound experience already for these shepherds. Something supernatural, something spectacular. We read nowhere else in the Bible of a choir of angels appearing in the sky. And I have my own theory about that. I, I see the Bible pretty graphically. I try and imagine in my head I'm a, a, an avid reader. and I That's okay, guys. It's just a screen that's fallen over. Um, But I'm inclined to see things in scenes, and and I have this situation of of, of a group of angels being sent to take a message to some ordinary shepherds, and the message is conveyed, and then there comes a point in which they cannot contain themselves for the joy that they have in what's happening, and the joy that the Father has, and they burst into song, and the sky fills with these heavenly beings, and for these shepherds, this was a spectacular event. An unforgettable event. And then it says that they moved on from there. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said. I want you to remember this next passage. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. We read nothing more about these guys in the Bible. We know nothing about what happened to them in the intervening years. We we don't know if they tried to keep track of what happened to Jesus, but we do know that they had a spectacular and life-changing event in meeting Jesus. They saw a miracle. They went to the birthplace, they saw the, the, the Christ child, they worshipped him, they saw his parents, and they left and told other people about it, but we don't know what happened to their lives from here on in. They're not referred to again in the Bible, but they've had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. The Bible also talks about what happened sometime after that when the family went in to con- and Anne spoke about this a couple of weeks ago procedure which needed to be followed by families when a child was born and they needed to be taken to the temple and offered uh, sacrifices offered to redeem them as it were they were offered and consecrated to God and it says that when they did this and when they went into the temple there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon and Anne spoke eloquently about this who was righteous and devout and he was waiting to see the Messiah God had promised him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And seeing Jesus, he takes him in his arms and he says in verse 29 of Luke 2 Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. And this man has what for him is a long awaited encounter with the Messiah. Something that he's been anticipating and waiting for with great joy and anticipation. And he gets the point when he says, my life has been fulfilled. Also there was a lady called Anna, a prophetess, who comes and also speaks over the child. And it says that she never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting, coming up with them the very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. but just before this when Simeon is speaking and afterwards the following is said and I want you to remember these as I asked you to remember the previous passage the child's father and mother marveled at what was said to him then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too and then when it gets to verse 39 it says when Joseph and Mary had done everything Required by the law, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. Again, a group of people, spectacular meeting with Jesus, life-changing. There's a constant coming through, though. His parents are with each of these events. His parents are there and are marveling at what's going on. Let's go to a different book from Luke. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 2 and verse 2. It talks about the Magi, the wise men that we think we sing about, the we three kings of Orient. And it says that they came seeking the Messiah. They were told that he was born to be born in Bethlehem. And it says, after they'd heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, till it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gold, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned their country by another route. Again, a spectacular event. Men who were astronomers, wise men, people who were searching the prophecies of old, had perceived that Jesus had been born and come looking for the child, and they meet him. We don't know if this happened at the same time as the shepherds, as it's depicted in the nativity. is probably a couple of years later, for various reasons. We deduce it was probably two years or so later. But they come and they meet this long-awaited king. They travel following a star. The star stops in front of them. It's again a life-impacting thing. And they went back to where they'd come from, and it's thought they might have come from as far as India. But they went back carrying this event in their lives. Even Herod is impacted by what's happening because he's got an inkling of something that's going on. He's heard about this baby that's been born as a king, but he's never met him. He doesn't know who he is. The birth of Jesus impacted on many people. In dramatic ways. And I would venture to say that many of you sitting here have had dramatic interventions in your life in some way when you've met Jesus. Something has happened. You've, you've been part of a session where people have been worshiping and the Spirit of God has touched your heart and you've felt His presence. Or you have prayed and had your prayer answered and been overwhelmed by the generosity of God. Or hopefully you've come to an understanding that you need Him as your Lord and Savior and get, have given your life to Him and be, had your life changed as you've given your life to him. There is this opportunity that we have sometimes through events, through what people are saying, Christmas, Easter, the times that we celebrate, to have an impactful meeting with Jesus Christ. And each of the people that we've looked at thus far, and we can look even further when he was 12 years old and he goes into the city and gets a well-known story in the Bible, these parents lose track of him, go back to find him, and they find him in the temple with the wise men who were astounded by his presence. Many people, when he was a child, met him and were impressed by his presence. But we don't know what happened to them afterwards. But there's a constant running through. His parents did this. His mother marveled and kept these things in her heart. And I want to read to you from a different aspect of Jesus' life, going 33 years later to John chapter 19 and verse 25. As Jesus hangs on the cross, despised and rejected, taking... The sins of the world on his shoulder to die for us. And it says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to a woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. Somebody was there at the end. Mary's relationship with Jesus was not a passing one. It was a life. It was a life shared. The good times, the bad times, the times when he was being revered as, as a traveling rabbi, when people were marveling at his, his miracles, the time when he began to be angered or, or hated by the Pharisees, when his life was being threatened. She was there through all of those things. She was there when the spectacular happened. She was there when the ordinary happened. She changed his nappies. She fed him. She raised him. She saw him grow to who he was. She saw the change that he began to bring in people. She saw and understood his deity, and she was there to see him die, but she was there also when he rose from the dead. There was a difference in the encounter that she had to the encounter that many others had, and I guess my reflection and my my question for you this morning is, is Jesus part of your everyday? Is he part of just Sunday morning events or Christmas and Easter celebrations when we have a real emphasis on him? Is he part of your time of worship when you come here and people like Johnny lead us so wonderfully? That's great. The people who met him in these incidents we've looked at at his birth and in his early childhood all had positive impact in their lives because of him and their lives were changed. But not all of them gave their lives to follow him. Not all of them spent their lives acknowledging him in every aspect of their lives. Not all of them were changed permanently. We don't know. Some may have been. But we know that his mother... Made the choice to be with him right through his ministry and right through his life and to continue serving him. We find out if we read on, even when he returns to heaven. And I guess I can't let an opportunity like this go past without saying to you if you are sitting here this morning and you've never made a decision to have Jesus be more than a baby or a man on a cross, but to be someone who's a Lord and Savior who's part of every aspect of your life, the spectacular, the impactful, or the everyday functioning of your life, then I want to invite you to make an opportunity today to ask him to be in your life completely, to give your life to him, to exchange lives as it were, to become part of that family that were with him as he went through his life, to have him with you when times like this happen. And I do love Christmas. I'm so excited. I've already had some of my presents open and they've been great And as we speak, my daughter will be placing the turkey in, right now, she'll be placing the turkey and the gammon into the oven, and I'm looking forward to that. But when this is all over, we'll go back to work, and there'll be mornings that'll be gray in February and drizzly and not spectacular, and the car will be iced up, and you'll be fed up with something you have to do at work, and Jesus will still be there. And there'll be times when you'll be discouraged and afraid and times when things might come to challenge your well-being and your health, and Jesus will still be there. And there'll be times when you're angry and rebellious, and Jesus will still be there. And he'll still be prepared to fully change your life and make you part of his family. And I want to invite you to take that wonderful privilege and use it. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were prepared to forsake a crown of endless glory that we sang about, and humble yourself and become a baby that was helpless and reliant on others. Thank you that you not just died for us, but that you lived for us for 33 years. Thank you that you encouraged us and challenged us to understand the kingdom of God. And thank you that you have welcomed us into your family and you provide that welcome to all who will believe. Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning you will touch any heart here that's not been given to you and encourage and love people into your kingdom so that no one will leave you without the assurance that you're part of their everyday life and every aspect of their lives. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.